Medical cannabis as an alternative to our current medical applications and therapies. For people looking to explore that option, where do they turn? To whom do they approach? And where do they get the information and advice that is best for their procedures? I have really come to believe that the regulators and government and stakeholders in this country do want to see people have access to medical cannabis in ways that make sense. They want the science, they want the availability, they want the trusted products and the medical expertise behind this. So we're going to discuss that today and have some of the answers for you. Hello, I'm Gord Martineau, and this is another in our series of Aging Better podcasts as we explore the options for you as you age better, better ways of living your life. And uh, we have a special guest with us today who's got a firsthand knowledge of medical cannabis as an alternative, and it's a compelling story, trust me. Her name is Ashley Brown, and she'll join us in a moment. But with us today, as always, is our resident medical expert, Dr. Fabio Varlese, Chief of Medicine at Run Hospital and also an assistant professor in the Faculty of Geriatric and Internal Medicine at the University of Toronto. Fabio, good to have you with us today. And uh, it seems that every day that goes by, we're learning more and more about medical cannabis or CBD as an alternative to current medical therapies. And y- you see this every day in your patient list. All the time, Gordon. Um, I have to say that uh, um, I'm also very surprised uh, because patients, uh, um, especially our aging population, are also doing their own readings. It's not just their uh, kids that bring this topic to them, uh, trying to win over the stigma associated to uh, medical cannabis. But I see that many seniors are actually doing a lot of reading, and they're really... Uh, hopeful uh, in many cases about trying to find alternatives to some of the medications that they're on. And many of these medications can have significant side effects, complications, and we're always measuring uh, benefits versus risks with medications in general. The same thing has to happen, obviously, with medical cannabis. It is a new field to many physicians. Physicians need to train in this field because there is no formal training. It is starting uh, recently now in in the faculties of medicine, but many physicians out there uh, are not very knowledgeable. And many times physicians need to refer to centers that specialize in the management of patients with medical cannabis. Let's uh, welcome our guest, Ashley Brown, today. And Ashley, uh, you are the head of something called She Can, which is a 10,000-member organization of uh, cannabis advocacy in, in the country. And, and you definitely see the benefits. And before we get to the questions about uh, you know, She Can and, and your involvement with it, I'd like to you know, inform the audience about your personal story, if I may. You are a woman with incredible uh, intellectual fortitude. And I say that because you've been through hell. Uh, with the ailments that you had. You had a problem uh, with epilepsy, as I understand it, and the frequency of the attacks was so severe that you you lost pretty much everything in your life, your job, your family, your house, uh, you know, all gone because of this affliction. And you're at your wit's end trying to find out what is the best way forward here. I need some sort of medical uh, support. You couldn't find it. And a friend suggested maybe you should look into CBD. You did. And your situation faced a 180-degree turnaround. And you got your life back. And, and have I summed it up pretty much as it, as it happened, Ashley? Well, Gord, I think you've, you've summed it up uh, more succinctly than I could, for sure. 
Um, yes, that, that was very much the case for me. As with so many people with complicated illnesses for which there is no cure, um, I reached kind of the end of the road of traditional medical applications. I wasn't a candidate for surgery. Medications were helping, but they weren't curing. And I was having upwards of 200 seizures a month uh, back in 2016. 200 a month. Yeah, it was wow. at the time I had the neurocognitive functioning of a 70 year old with senile dementia. Wow. And it was really just, as you said, uh, it was devastating. It was like going through hell for me and for everyone who loved me. So uh, CBD and medical cannabis were something that I hadn't even considered until someone you know, suggested it to me. I'm trying to put myself in a position that you were in, and of course it's impossible uh, unless you've actually been there, but you must have had some incredibly dark moments. And what was it like when that hallelujah moment happened, when you, when you found the alternative, which was medical cannabis, to any kind of treatments you had, and you, know, you, you looked up to the sky and said, thank you, I'm finally, I have something that's going to help me. I was very skeptical. Um, because I tried recreational cannabis and, you know, it was great and all when I was growing up. But yeah. um, having this medical cannabis in my hand and having taken a couple of doses for a few days, I was with my family. We were at the cottage, actually. And I thought, what do I have to lose? And I had my first seizure free day in nine years at that point. And my partner and I were incredulous. We almost couldn't believe it. You know, it felt too good to be true. It felt like a miracle. And the idea that that door, you know, that hope was was beyond this threshold and potentially could be, you know, be something that I could have again because of CBD. Um, you know, it, it is hard to describe how surreal that was after so many years that were dark and right. just really full of dead ends. So what are the common challenges people face? I mean, you know, there, there are probably people not in the exact position that you were in, but, but in a similar uh, situation where, you know, they're looking for an alternative. And, and so what are the challenges they face? I guess knowledge is the first one, right? Absolutely. I mean, for me, I was able to work up the courage to get an authorization for medical cannabis. You know, we felt we, we had to pursue this. And it was once I had it in hand, there wasn't a lot of information. My own primary care provider was not comfortable uh, monitoring, dosing. He felt uh, that he didn't have enough education to do so. I was connected with the clinic, but even they struggled to you know, give me support or direction. So I think a lot of people uh, still to this day, that's five years ago now, mm -hmm. end up in a situation like that where, you know, they, they maybe potentially tried it and had some relief or they're very interested because they've heard stories like mine and others from many different conditions, from fibromyalgia to anxiety to, you know, arthritis. But the lack of information gives them pause. And sometimes that lack of information and support is really the difference between success and failure with medical cannabis. So what are the differences between recreational and medicinal cannabis? I mean, if you're speaking to the, the unwashed, as it were, people who are unenlightened about it, how do you explain it to them? Well, the first thing I say is that the plant is the same. So recreational cannabis and medical cannabis are both regulated in this country in many of the same ways. They're tested for heavy metals and pesticides and potency. They're regulated and labeled. However, the biggest difference is support and science. Essentially, when you uh, 
go to a recreational store, you may be able to purchase CBD products. You may be able to, you know, get some different formats. However, under the current laws, there is no way for a bud tender to give you that advice. So if you're somebody who's treating insomnia or anxiety or joint pain, and you're kind of wondering how this will fit into your medication regime or how you're going to have symptom relief, you're not going to be able to get the answers you need to have the success that you deserve with that medicine. So the biggest difference between the two is not the plant itself, but the way in which you'll be able to have that support and education and participate in a system that's really built for patients. Have you found that medical cannabis as an alternative is, is more effective than certain current medical uh, applications? I think that for myself and for many others, what what is astonishing about it is that when used correctly, it doesn't seem to have as many side effects for a lot of people mm. compared to medications they've tried in the past. So often people wonder if CBD is even working because they don't get drowsy or dizzy or sick to their stomach when they first try it. And they often wonder if it's just a placebo effect. So I think that lack of side effects can lead to better perceived efficacy and really an overall feeling that they're taking their health into their own hands. Dr. Varlesi, this is this is a great alternative, uh, a great what we're hearing that, you know, in some cases, CBD is more effective and with fewer side effects than traditional medicines. Yes, the potential is definitely there. Um, as mentioned in, even in previous episodes, we we find ourselves in a situation where uh, medical cannabis doesn't follow the same sort of history that our common medications uh, have had uh, and new drugs coming out. I mean, there's a it's a different process. Uh, for medical cannabis, we're talking about uh, a plant. We're talking about the specific genetics of a plant that uh, evolve and the need to elevate medical cannabis at to a pharmaceutical grade, that entire process is, is, is difficult. Uh, the medical community will never underestimate uh, the importance of, of clinical research. So once you elevate um, medical cannabis to a product, you have to undergo uh, proper clinical trials. And uh, um, the medical community is very, very cautious on one side but I have to say that it's been incredibly welcoming and many academic centers have been taking on uh, medical cannabis at a very high level and there's incredible research that is coming out now that is very promising for medical conditions such as um, epilepsy. So Ashley, do you feel that patient access is an issue where not enough people are aware of the alternative? I think so, Gord. I think that what has happened is perception has informed reality. It's actually easier now than ever to get access to legal medical cannabis and get that support from specialists. So mm -hmm. a lot of people still feel like they have to go to their healthcare provider, their primary provider, but really they do have alternatives if that physician is not yet educated or comfortable um, access is easier than ever, especially with so many telemedicine options. And there are so many cannabinoid trained physicians and nurse practitioners out there that are, you know, very easily accessible to people across Canada, which is very encouraging because I think as people are able to access that professional medical advice, their, their primary care providers are often learning alongside them through that anecdotal and lived experience, but with the support of other 
healthcare professionals. Ever been in a position where you've where you've talked to somebody and and you know you're you're discussing uh, medical cannabis as an alternative to current medications and said to them, um, "Trust me, I've been there." And of course, you have. So, do you draw on your personal experience when when talking to people? Absolutely, I think that cannabis as a medication is really about the stories, and you know, I'm very privileged to be able to share my story and to experience you know, the benefits of medical cannabis, I do have to say that the most important thing that I stress with people is that medical cannabis has dramatically altered my life. It has given me back quality of life, but it is not a cure for me. I still have between 15 and 30 seizures a month. I still take low doses of several anticonvulsants, and it's been an incredible adjunct therapy for me. So I think it's really important that as the science comes along, we really respect that this is a medication we don't yet understand. The cannabis plant itself is many, many, many compounds, and it may serve to be a great tool in the toolbox for a lot of people. But at this point, we want to stay away from claiming that it cures anything. So my, my story is miraculous in that I'm able to be a mother again. I was able to return to work and I'm able to be in service of other patients across the country. But I, I always want to make sure people understand that this is still even a work in progress for me in terms of medication. How did you figure out the dosage? I mean, this is one of the challenges that people have when they consider medical cannabis. And the, and the issue is for whatever ailment they have, how do they determine the dosage of, of CBD they should be taking? We are still learning so much about this. And as you've both spoken about, clinical trials are really the gold standard in terms of understanding dosing. I can say that I just muddled through it. Uh, unfortunately, at the time, there were no cannabis-trained pharmacists. My own pharmacist was really, you know, enthusiastic, but they were just starting to learn about that five years ago. I'm happy to say now there are far more resources in terms of dosing and drug interactions, which is a really important part of the conversation for so many Canadians. But I muddled through and I also watched thousands of others muddle through and it, it takes time and you have missteps and misadventure. Mm. You know, my my community of patients, uh, you know, 74 percent of them have indicated that they had a negative experience with medical cannabis, with dosing incorrectly at some point. And that's often due to the fact that we're really still learning about this. Lots of success and lots of experimentation still. And Dr. Varlesi, I mean, this is one of the frustrating things for people when they discover CBD as an alternative is figuring out the dosage. And, and of course, that takes time to figure out. So it's a little bit frustrating. But, you know, if they pursue it, there is there is a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, if you will. There's no doubt a lot of uh, physicians and colleagues are participating in uh, courses on uh, medical cannabis uh, because they are in fact recognizing their limitations but on the other side they they definitely see the potential here and therefore we're we're going to see over the next uh, few years um, increased knowledge among uh, clinicians but in the meantime it is always important to be able to give your patients um, the alternative of medical cannabis and to simply refer to a well-known um, medical clinic that specializes in the field. 
Actually, we've spoken to people, a lot of people in the research and development kind of stages, you know, where they're, they're studying and studying and, 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 you know, they've explained, look, this is a lengthy procedure. You know, it's not a, a snap solution. And, and you must have found that too, going through the various dosages that you did until you hit the right one. And, and you know, that must have been a little bit frustrating, although you knew the answer was there. It's just a matter of getting to it. Am I right? Absolutely. I think that, you know, for so many of us, it's trial and error. And and that's where support comes in. That's why the medical cannabis channel itself is so important, because, you know, I do a lot of work in community. So we don't pretend to be medical professionals, but there's a lot of peer support there. And we're seeing that medical support come up alongside it. And so when you get discouraged, when your dose is not sufficient, when you've tried it a few days in a row and it doesn't seem to help, you know, community and now more and more medical, you know, evidence is saying, keep with it, stick with it, dial in your dose. If this isn't working for you, titrate up a little. If you're taking other medications, take them separately, you know, have something to eat. All of those little tips and tricks can actually really make the difference for people with it between success and failure. You hit on something there that is so important when people are are looking into the situation. You got to stick with it for a while to get the results you're looking for. It doesn't happen overnight. Not at all. In fact, we often say to people, if you're just using CBD and for whatever reason, to see a reduction in the frequency and severity of symptoms, I am the anomaly in terms of how quickly and effectively it worked. And we don't yet know why that was. But for a lot of people, four to eight weeks with a daily dose that, you know, a medical trained professional who specializes in cannabinoids has kind of advised on for your condition, that's a good length of time. And that's where it's actually not dissimilar to a lot of categories of drugs like SSRIs, where people may need to try more than one and they need to stick with it for a while to really understand how their body is going to potentially benefit from it. So patience is a virtue despite all the claims we may see around medical cannabis. Ashley, such a pleasure to meet you and congratulations for the work that you've done and, and the agenda that you have and, and the, the efforts you're going to make on, on people's behalf in the future. We wish you all the best and thanks for your time. Thank you both so much. It was really a pleasure and I appreciate the opportunity to connect with you. Time now for Dr. Fabio Varlisi's Prescription for Aging Better. So now we've arrived at the patient access issue and the doctor's prescription is that patient access it really is determined by their understanding of medical cannabis and, and discussing it with medical professionals. Absolutely, and not all physicians are well versed in this field and many resort to referring patients, especially the ones that really find uh, it could be an alternative to the types of treatment they're already receiving. Many patients, uh, have uh, side effects from the traditional medications. They're frustrated about the inefficacy of uh, many of the drugs that are being given for many of the various ailments that we uh, treat in day-to-day -day practice. Uh, physicians, if they're not educated, they should consider referring to specialized clinics where physicians do have that knowledge. And one thing that should be considered as well when, you know, as this process is ongoing is that physicians have to be aware that, you know, there could be negative interactions that happen with certain medications when combined with CBD. Yes, and that seems to happen with a lot of common medications that we use in day-to-day -day practice. Anywhere from 
tranquilizing drugs such as benzodiazepines to uh, medications uh, uh, that uh, manage uh, reflux even, which is very common, like proton pump inhibitors, to the use of warfarin, anticoagulants. So physicians need to be well-versed about these um, interactions and therefore um, more knowledge is needed, more education and counseling is needed, and physicians, clinicians in general, need to undergo a lot of uh, educational programs to become more familiar. The information on aging better in uncertain times is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Questions for the Aging Better team can be sent by email to info at agingbetter.ca or by visiting our website, agingbetter.ca. Aging Better in Uncertain Times and this special educational series is supported by Medical Cannabis by Shoppers Drug Mart. For more information on understanding cannabis, visit cannabis.shoppersdrugmart.ca. Until next time, I'm Gord Martin with Dr. Fabio Varlesi, along with producers Dominic Schulo and David Sersta. Be well and stay safe.